So our state budget is about $7 billion and the Department of Energy budget in New Mexico for its three nuclear sites, Los Alamos National Laboratory, Sandia National Laboratory, and the Waste Isolation Pilot Plant is about $7 billion. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the In Our Backyard podcast with your host, Jen Galler. This is the Blue Ridge Environmental Defense League's podcast, where I discuss environmental issues that are happening right in our backyards. This episode, I talk with Joni Ahrens, who is the Executive Director of Concerned Citizens for Nuclear Safety in Santa Fe, New Mexico, whose mission is to protect all living beings and the environment from the effects of radioactive and other hazardous materials now and in the future. New Mexico is a hotspot for nuclear activities, including Los Alamos National Laboratory, which is the birthplace of the atomic age of nuclear weapons design and production, and a nuclear waste dump. The Trinity Test Site, which is the world's first atomic bomb test site. The Waste Isolation Pilot Program, or WIP for short, which is a plutonium bomb waste dump. Holtec, which is a proposed interim storage site for up to 100,000 tons of radioactive high-level waste and much more going on in the state. With Joni, we talk about the nuclear cycle in New Mexico, the downwinders and the need for the renewal of the RECA bill, what Los Alamos National Lab is doing, and how you can get involved. To contact and connect with Joni will be in the show notes below, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, everyone. I'm with Joni Ahrens, who's the executive director of the Concerned Citizens for Nuclear Safety in Santa Fe, New Mexico. So just starting out, can you talk about what's going on with nuclear in New Mexico? Yes. Thank you so much for this opportunity. One thing that's very important to know is that the entire nuclear cycle exists within the boundaries of New Mexico. We are invested in the Palo Verde a nuclear power plant over in Arizona. We have uranium mining and milling in the northwestern part of the state. We have a uranium enrichment facility in the southeast corner of the state called International Isotopes. We have nuclear weapons design testing at Los Alamos National Laboratory. We have the Space Command at Sandia National Laboratory, which is located in Albuquerque. And we have the disposal site for nuclear weapons waste at the Waste Isolation Pilot Plant, which is in the southeast corner of the state. We also have two proposals to bring all of the spent nuclear fuel rods to a site on the New Mexico-Texas border called Waste Control Specialists or Interim Storage Partners, which is five miles east of Eunice, New Mexico. And we also have another proposal about 35 miles west of Eunice called Holtec International to bring all of the spent fuel rods to this area in southeastern New Mexico. Wow. So yeah, you guys really do have a lot going on with nuclear in New Mexico with the waste, with the testing at Los Alamos and creation of them to the uranium mining that's also happening there. So are you all at the Concerned Citizens for Nuclear Safety? Are you working on all of those issues or are you just focusing on a few? 
I serve on the steering committee of the Tularosa Basin Downwinders Consortium. That's an event that I didn't mention earlier. The Tularosa Basin Downwinders Consortium focuses on obtaining compensation and medical care under the Radiation Exposure Compensation Act for their overexposure to radiation on July 16, 1945 from the Trinity test. And so I serve on the steering committee for that group. And I also focus on Los Alamos National Laboratory, focusing on the environmental and public health issues. Right now, it's the only place in the country that has the capabilities to produce the plutonium pits or the triggers for nuclear weapons. As you know, there's a proposal to make 30 pits at Los Alamos and 50 pits at the Savannah River site in South Carolina. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. So how do you all organize or advocate against this? And also, could you talk a bit more about the downwinders and their significance? Yes, so the Tularosa Basin Downwinders Consortium, also known as the Trinity Downwinders, have been organizing for about 15 years now to obtain the compensation under the Federal Radiation Exposure Compensation Act. And that's a program that started in 1990 to address the harm done to uranium workers and downwinders of the Nevada test site. But even though New Mexico people were impacted by the fallout from the Nevada test site, New Mexicans were never included in the RECA or the Radiation Exposure Compensation Act. So it's been a heavy lift to gain attention, but the Trinity Downwinders have done an exceptional job bringing their stories forward. And especially this year, during the 75th anniversary of the test, as well as the 75th year of the United Nations and the Hiroshima and Nagasaki 75th, there were a lot of not only national, but international opportunities to tell their story. With regard to organizing, as your other interviewees have said, it's been very hard to get out into the community. It's been impossible, actually, to get out into the community physically to do organizing. So we've been doing organizing via Zoom as well as emails and those kinds of things. It's interesting to see how people have become more active and maybe it's the election, but people have become more active this year to voice their concerns about a lot of different issues. And it's almost like standing in a batting cage with all of the assaults on existing laws and regulations, as well as industry attempting to do more when they know that the public is not necessarily as available to respond. So it seems like a response is required more and more often. Yeah. So for the downwinders, are you mostly working on legal things to get them the compensation that is needed? And if so, what does that look like? Or is it more so organizing people in numbers? Well, it's organizing to gain more people to be involved. And, you know, the Trinity downwinders are not just located in 
New Mexico. They're also located all over the United States. And there's even Trinity downwinders from other places in the world. So we have a broad constituency who are suffering from the effects of the overexposure of radiation. During this election year, our representative from northern New Mexico, Ben Ray Lujan, who has been the champion on RICA in the House, was just elected to be senator to take Tom Mudall's spot in the Senate. So we've been working to get a hearing before the House Judiciary Committee. We had a conference call with Representative Nadler, who is the chair of the Judiciary Committee. There was a hearing before the Senate Judiciary Committee. And we're really pushing on Congress to act because the RICA program is set to sunset or expire in 2022. So we have less than two years to get it renewed. We know that if it doesn't get renewed, it will be a very heavy lift to reenact such a program. I mean, we can witness how the 9-11 survivors and emergency responders had to struggle just to get their program renewed this past summer. Wow. Yeah, that's something that's really important and timely as well. And going off that, with all the nuclear going on in New Mexico, do you know how much money comes into the state from all of that? That's a really good question. So our state budget is about $7 billion, and the Department of Energy budget in New Mexico for its three nuclear sites Los Alamos National Laboratory, Sandia National Laboratory, and the Waste Isolation Pilot Plant is about $7 billion. That gives you some perspective of what we're dealing with. They hire a lot of people. There's a lot of jobs. There's a lot of infrastructure. There's a lot of supplies that go to those sites. It's a heavy lift, but the Department of Energy and its predecessors have occupied New Mexico since April of 1943. And with so much going into New Mexico with that and creating these jobs for people, is there a divide between the public's opinion of nuclear? It goes both ways, but people are becoming more and more aware of the health impacts and the contamination in the soil and in the air, in the water. Right now, during the pandemic, Los Alamos is proposing to vent four pressurized containers containing tritium, which is radioactive hydrogen in water vapor form, into the air. So they're proposing to vent 114,000 curies into the air and in order to move the containers. That issue is raising a lot of awareness about what's going on at Los Alamos in a good way. Also wondering why a federal agency is allowed to threaten public health during a time of COVID, which is a respiratory issue. The thing about tritium is that it's biologically available. It can cross the placenta, it can hurt pregnant women, it can hurt plants and animals, it can hurt humans. And we've been making public comments about putting the containers in a place where the temperature would be lower, which would reduce the pressure because the volume will stay the same. The lab is resistant against that, but we keep pushing. We've asked for a third public meeting on Zoom to have more explanation about what their proposal is. But the amount of curies 
Kevin Camps with Beyond Nuclear was explaining during the last Zoom meeting that the whole University of Washington based in St. Louis emits two Curies and it has over a hundred laboratories across their facilities and he didn't understand how they could have 58,000 times more tritium in those containers and why they think that they can vent them. And then also the Tewa people have been speaking out, taking leadership roles to oppose the venting as well. Yeah, and going off that, I know you do work with water quality there. So what is that like? And is it mostly the tritium that you're looking at with that? So Los Alamos National Laboratory is located on the Pajarito Plateau above the Rio Grande River. Mm-hmm. And it in a wildfire zone, in an active seismic zone, and they want to expand pit production. So the city of Santa Fe and the county of Santa Fe are directly east of Los Alamos on the Rio Grande. And the city and the county made plans about two decades ago to divert water out of the Rio Grande and treat it and then bring it into our drinking water supply. One of the concerns about the water is the contamination from Los Alamos because there's contamination in the complex geological setting. The Pajarito Plateau was created by volcanoes. And so there's cracks and fissures in the basalt. There's pathways that haven't been discovered. There's ash falls and other complex geological structures on the Pajarito Plateau. And the laboratory has discharged hundreds of thousands of gallons of treated water into the canyons that flow to the Rio Grande. And contamination has been found all over the 40 square mile facility. It's basically a, you know, in some ways the word sieve comes to mind that you discharge waters into the canyons. It just inevitably ends up at the Rio Grande. And contamination has been found. The travel times can be estimated at eight miles in 26 years or less, even though the laboratory has said that the travel times are thousands of years. Through our sampling efforts, we were able to take that argument away from them. Now they're talking about travel times of decades. So citizen action definitely can make a difference with these huge, very highly funded nuclear weapons facility. Yeah. So you all have brought this up to Los Alamos and have they just been denying it and not been taking responsibility? We've been at this for over 30 years. Mm. So we have our credibility. We have our scientific basis. We have the experts that work with us and we have the public behind us. And we work to change the false narrative that the laboratory puts out there support nuclear weapons production, which inevitably provides big money performance bonuses to the contractors. And so we challenge not only the federal agencies, but also the contractors and the elected officials that support that infrastructure. Could you talk a little bit about Robert Gilson and the significance of him to y'all's work? 
yeah, Bob Gilkison was an amazing scientist, registered geologist who worked with us for about 15 years pro bono for free. He was a contractor with the laboratory for many years and raised a lot of issues. After he left the laboratory, he worked with CCNS to bring issues before the Defense Nuclear Facility Safety Board, before the National Academies of Science, before the State Environment Department, Federal Environmental Protection Agency, and elected officials. We worked very closely together. He wrote many, many technical reports that we used to present. And one day I got a copy of the probable seismic hazard analysis. This was back in 2006, 2007 timeframe. I said, Bob, will you look at this and see what it says? He took it with him and, you know, back with a 20 page paper describing all of the problems with the seismic analysis. And since then, we have had more of a basis to challenge the fact that the laboratory is located in a seismically active area. One of the things that happened in those early days is that the Department of Energy was proposing to build what we called a modern pit facility or a new chemistry and metallurgy research replacement nuclear facility that was the proposed size of a super Walmart. Huge, huge mm-hmm. operation that would have air emissions and use a lot of water. And there would be a waste that would be generated that would need to go to the waste isolation pilot plant. So Bob's excellent technical work resulted in decision makers taking another look about whether to invest $6 billion into a new nuclear facility. And so that was finally canceled in under the Obama administration. And it was a huge, huge victory. Since that time, the Department of Energy has worked to use its 1963 era plutonium facility for its operations for plutonium pits, and then also a radiological laboratory utility and office building, something we call the R-Lube and to continue to do that work so that they could bring in all this money for pit production. And folks need to know that the Department of Energy budget has increased a billion dollars a year under this administration. So instead of being about $2 billion a year, it's now $3 billion a year. Mm -hmm. Hopefully that will change with the Treaty on the Prohibition of Nuclear Weapons, that the priorities will shift for Congress away from making new nuclear weapons and clean up a remediation, restitution and restoration as we go forward. Yeah, definitely. That's the hope and the goal. (laughs) So what motivates you to do this work? You know, I've been doing it for almost 32 and a half years and it's a dedication. It's a knowing where to get the information, how to interpret the information and how to talk to people about what's going on. And I think so many people through all of these different social media, social events and other events over the last year or two and the growing awareness of where our taxpayer money is going allows a lot more people to be involved. And that's very exciting as well as we go forward 
to a new future where there's equity and justice for all. Yeah, that's awesome. And then is there anything that we didn't talk about or discuss that you would like to say? It's really wonderful to be connected with you, Jen, and with yeah. Braid on all of your work, because as we go forward, depending on how the structures change or don't change, we'll need to work more closely about stopping pit reduction at Savannah Riverside, as well as at Los Alamos. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, it's great to be connected with you and just hear about more that's going on in New Mexico. And then just my last question is, how can people contact or connect with you? Great. So people can go to our website, which is nuclearactive.org, and sign up to receive our weekly updates. So that's on the right side of the homepage. And you can sign up. And what we do is we send out our weekly broadcast. The versions that I send out include links to support what we're saying in our weekly updates, as well as sample public comment letters that people can use to make comments to federal, state, and local agencies. And they can also use those comment letters to contact their own elected officials. So that's what I would encourage people to go to our website. And then my email is Concerned Citizens for Nuclear Safety, or CCNS, at nuclearactive.org. Thank you so much to Joni for talking with me about your experience and knowledge about nuclear safety in New Mexico. I'm going to link a map of all the nuclear activities going on throughout the state and what they do within the nuclear fuel chain. I'm also going to link more information about the downwinders and the renewal of the RECA bill to create awareness and take action. And tune in next Friday for a new episode and have a good week, everyone.